when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, I'm John Holmes, it's The The One Show Show, and this is part two of this week's The The One Show Show, the podcast that sticks its tongue out at TV's The One Show and goes at it. Part one dropped yesterday, so if you haven't heard it, why not go back and listen to that as well? Or not, you don't have to do what I say, I'm not your dad. Not unless you're Maisie or Isla, in which case you do have to do it, because I am your dad. And what are you doing listening to this at the ages of seven and nine? Fucking stop it. On the podcast this week, man Mark Haynes, an actress and comedian, and Magic Mike... Host. Host. Samantha Baines. So you're about to segue into something about DJing, were you? Yeah, David Guetta was on, and I got oh, yeah. obsessed with him because uh, I thought, how old is David Guetta? How, how old do you think he is? Also, is that how you say his name? I don't know. You've said it three different ways so far, I think. They say it once, but then they just called him David. Welcome, David Guetta. <laughs> Guetta. Guetta. Guetta, I'd say. Gretna. Guetta. <laughs> David G. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. He's, uh, G. How old do you think he is? Oh, now he, uh, I'm going to say, I, I want to say he's in his 50s mm. because I'm just thinking he's been around for a while. And But he looks, his shirt was open way too far, by the way. Uh-huh. Far too he's young. French, so what is, he, he, oh, I suppose he is, yeah. What is he? I don't know, 40-something, 50-something? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, Sam? I didn't see this episode. How, how old do you reckon David Gretter is? 60. 51. <laughs> <laughs> and so Matt had said to him, so how did you get into like DJing? And he went straight into a big thing about, I came over to where, he sounds like Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. So he was like, I came over to, to London, uh, it's a house music, it was, you know, I went to this club called Shoom, and I was like, wow, they're mentioning Shoom on the one show, it's sort of amazing, sort of weird thing. I went to London, I went to this club called Shoom, and the DJ was on stage playing house music and with lights on, and people were dancing, facing the DJ. So they said, so who were the DJs who inspired you? And he went, well, the, there was no such thing as a famous DJ when I was uh, a kid. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just didn't have it back then because he was born in 1968. And I was thinking, really? The thing about David Guetta is the, the inspiration he should have for DJs is like DLT. Yeah. It's just weird <laughs> that he's, he's managed to just avoid that entirely. Um, he was a great guest because he yeah. was so inappropriate for the show. Uh, there was a great bit where he was talking about how great British house music is and Matt did a sort of nod of, 
Cheers, mate. Yeah, appreciate that. I'll take that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just hearing him talk about house music and Ibiza and just essentially sort of going, you know, I'm not pilled off my nut, but obviously I could be because I've been up for two weeks. Um, <laughs> David, how do you look so good? You must. How, when was the last time you went to bed? Fresh as a Two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> this is when I started. Uh, I started the season in Ibiza two weeks ago, and I never went to bed since. It was just a fine line that was great, and I really enjoyed Matt it. Matt did ask him how he looked so good. Yeah. Which is another. What was it like? It's the same ballpark. It is. It is. You. You are you. What is it like? Yeah. On Monday's episode, mm-hmm. Richard Curtis was on, and Danny Boyle, because they've made a new film about what if the Beatles didn't exist. Yeah, called Yesterday. So the show opened with the star of that, who's like a new. Uh, he was, no, I think he was in EastEnders or something. Ah, Hamesh, and he was playing the piano. Trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. Uh, playing Let It Be. It was, a, it was a good opening to the show because yeah. it, it, was, it came straight off. The, much better than that Michael Ball shit you were on about. Uh, it, was, it was great. Much better episode where they just had him playing the piano, Let It Be, and that was great. And he was on the sofa. There's a bit where... This is what I hate about Richard Curtis, right? Mm-hmm. So Richard Curtis is a... <laughs> there's a... There's a sentence you don't hear every day. Yeah, well, <laughs> there are two reasons. Um, here. One is he's a fucking thief, right? And the... <laughs> And, this, and I'm going to prove it. Oh, please do, because this is already turning into a very expensive <laughs> part of a podcast. <laughs> right, uh, here's why he's a thief. He said, they said, how did you come to write the film? Because Richard Curtis has written this film yeah. and Danny Boyle's directed it. And Richard Curtis said, well, someone rang me up and said, here's an idea for a film and we've got a script. Right. And he said, no, I agreed to do it, um, but I said, I love the Beatles. I'll write it from scratch. No, Richard. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to give away the whole storyline, but where did this idea come from then? Because, I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating concept. No, it was. I'm a bit like the character he plays. So a person rang me up and said, we've got this idea for a film, and would you have got a script? And I said, just stop there, because I so love that idea. I've been obsessed by the Beatles since I was six and a half. Can I please just write it from the beginning? And so I did. Right. And he goes, so some other writer... Some poor has shit. had that idea, mm. written a script, and mm. then told it. Uh, and they bring up Richard Curtis to say, you know, do you want to get involved? Probably for directing. Yeah. And he said, yeah, but I'll re- I'll just redo it. And and you're thinking, what? That is brazen, fuck, fuck isn't off. it? That is That's, brazen. As a, as a writer, he must have think, paid them though. Oh, I mean, the, the person idea. probably got paid. I don't care. <laughs> Oh, name check the guy who's like, you know, that. what are you doing? And then he it said, might have been an awful script. It might have, well, that's fair enough. But, but Richard Curtis has had a go on it. It'll still be shit. <laughs> it's that, it was the happiest two years of my life working on this, said Richard Curtis. <laughs> yeah, not for the guy's fucking idea, you nicked. Very true, very true. It? That is, that is, is and then they disgraceful. Say, this is what I hate about Richard Curtis, right? So, Love Actually, fucking worst film ever made, yeah. right? Because the problem with Richard Curtis's scripts is they're I love it. Con- <laughs> contrived to fuck. Right, and they showed one little clip from this yesterday Beatles film, right? Mm. And and I screamed out loud. The guy who the premise of the film is he he's in an accident. He wakes up in a world where the Beatles didn't exist, but they still exist for him. Yeah. So he does all of their songs and becomes world famous. Yeah. That's the premise of the film that wasn't Richard Curtis's idea. Right. <laughs> and so uh, the clip they show is him in his bed, in his hospital bed, yeah. with a girlfriend, and and he's all beaten up and bashed because of the crash. And uh, she says, uh, he says, thanks for looking after me. And she gets up to walk out, and he goes. Uh, will you still love me when I'm 64? And she looks at him and turns back and goes, what do you mean? Because that's the setup yeah. of the film. That's how he finds out the Beatles don't exist. Yeah. And he goes, you know, 
when I'm 64. And she goes, why are you saying 64? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? <laughs> I don't know. I'll think about it. Why 64? The fucking laboured <laughs> yeah. fucking a, 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 you wouldn't say that. that. If someone said to you, will you still love me when I'm uh, 72? Yeah. You'd either go, of course I will, or you'd go, oh, you. Yeah. You wouldn't go, there's go, no, there's no song called that. <laughs> Why have you? Why have you selected seventy two as if it's a song lyric the, of some kind? The thing about this is, I've actually come up with a new idea for a film. Yeah, uh, it's very similar to Richards, but there's one big difference, yep. so that I can retain the writing rights. Um, it's a world where the band mustard. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wheelie music festival. It was super, and it was August nineteen seventy one. Thank you. So basically, I'm hoping in a year's time I'll get to fill in a little bit of a one-show video and be appalling. <laughs> <laughs> and your life won't change in any way. No. But during all of this, there was a definitely, with Matt, he was talking about the Beatles and Richard Curtis, and, and I think he said to the guy from... Um, uh, EastEnders because he'd met uh, Paul McCartney had, had said he liked what he'd done or, uh -huh. or George no George Harrison gave oh, yeah. his approval or something uh, and he said what was it like really was, it was there See, it was classic good uh, did you see the, the Plastic in the Oceans uh, Ghost Nets uh, yes. uh, film yes I did uh, there's a couple of things in there that I was like wow that's mental is that 10% of the marine plastic in the world is just old fishing nets yeah what am I supposed to fucking do about that, right? I mean, they, they said You're that, supposed to dive and cut it free with knives like the film did. Which they do. Good for them. Yeah. Someone's paying them to do it. God bless. Um, they, they mentioned that 640,000 tonnes a year are just discarded fishing nets and everything. And they're going, the, the problem is, you know, like marine life can get caught up in them. Compared to a plastic bag or bottle, the problem with nets is that they never stop working. Don't have a go at nets for doing the, the very thing that they're supposed to. The fact is, when you put them in and they're still working, that, if anything, you should be going, well done, the net makers. This is amazing. <laughs> the team quickly assess the net and free any entangled marine life. These nets just carry on catching wildlife, even though they've been long lost. Well, this is just one small wreck, and it's just one net, and it's just one part of a very, very big problem. When they pulled this one out of Falmouth, they were like, look at all the creatures that we've rescued, you know, that are caught inside it. There's just a handful of fucking worms. <laughs> they were, <laughs> were tiny little things. And it's like, they're not trapped in the net. They're not dolphins. They're living in the net, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now you're sort of like, we'll put them back now. But they, they sort of went... Sizes um, <laughs> These creatures have another chance at life, they said. And I just thought, well... A, you know, they're going to get eaten within an hour. That's what happens in the ocean. But that thing of going, we must save all of the fish yeah. because we would like to catch them to eat them. I think it's just a sort of mad... I, I, it made me annoyed, that piece of that little bit. Yes, they saved the creatures. And yes, yeah. we need to eat them, but also other animals in the sea need to eat them. True. Otherwise they would die and then the whole planet would combust. The important thing is That's nothing must get in the way of us being able to devour the oceans as we see fit. Also, them talking about, like, plastic in the sea and stuff and them doing those blimmin' frames. Well, this led week. this led to a call-out. This The film, because this was the first film in this episode, wasn't it? So they'd already had... Um, 
Uh, yes. So, you know, the ghost net was the yeah, first one yeah. on, on Monday. Yeah. But they, they, they asked for, for, to get in touch. So they had a, a Ashley Jensen uh, on the sofa. And, yeah. and, and then they, they, by the way, she then delivered my favourite line of the week because they were talking about what it's like. What's it like? What's that chapter like in LA? And she's talking about what people eat. And she said they eat bags of crisps the size of a nine-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I just loved the specifics wow. of that. Do <laughs> they? I felt that it was a place of extremes because you mm. would have, like, Rodeo Drive and very expensive places and then amazing, like, vintage clothing. But, you know, there was sort of no middle-of-the-road stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Things were yeah. either too big, like, massive big bags of crisps that were this size, the size of a nine-year-old's torso, or, like, big <laughs> smoothies and big drinks of coffee or yeah. wee tiny people drinking them and stuff. You know, it was, it was all a bit, it was all a bit yeah. odd. A bag of crisps the size of a nine-year-old. <laughs> Fucking hell. Get them to me. Um, but then Matt said, get in touch. Um, we don't really have a reason tonight. What? Yeah, they just gave up. Get in touch. We don't really have a reason. Um, but perhaps... You'll have some thoughts on this first film. Yeah. Now, as ever, of course, we want to hear from you uh, at home too, so don't be shy. Get in touch tonight. Maybe you'll have some uh, thoughts on this first film that we're going to show you. Mm -hmm. Lucy Siegel is heading out to sea for a spot of ghost fishing. Oh, that's <laughs> lazy. <laughs> and then they went into the nets. I tell you what, if they are looking for someone to get in touch, the person who's mistaken our Twitter account for the official one from The One Show, <laughs> who is a Welsh person who's trying to get their dog on television by animating its mouth, who... <laughs> is spamming me like absolutely no-one's business. Yes. Please, would they contact the one show rather than me? Uh, I've seen videos where it's lamenting the fact the one show hasn't featured it on television yet. It will not be featured. We are literally a parody account. So, <laughs> that sounds like it should be oh. its own show. Well, why don't we just get him on here? The two just, show. Just saying that behind the scenes, this is the one show. This is what they do. This We're the producers happened. of the one show. Bring your stupid animated mouth dog. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's. I mean, even if the one show knew it was there, they are not going to put it. Oh, it was... um, are we not going to talk about in bed with Britain? Yes, because very much so. You won't realise this, Sam, but this is part of an ongoing series. I know they said in the yeah. intro that basically. No, I missed this. They've this put episode. out in the last eighteen months two different episodes of this, right? <laughs> Separated by the span of time. So this one was, uh, I think we saw one which was about morning. People in, in bed in the morning. Yeah. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. This was people in bed in the evening. Right. Yeah, right. Now it's uh, time for another peek behind the bedroom doors uh, of the nation in our ongoing series. It's quite an interesting, this one. I love it. Here's Jenny <laughs> yeah. with more of your pillow talk. OK, what did you make of it? It's so weird and random. And, and stage, so stage. <laughs> was this Wednesday? Uh, this was Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. Okay. It was called Pillow Talk. Right. I like what, like, number one, how did they film it? Like, where was the camera in the bedroom? Because it wasn't on the ceiling because it was too close and the angle was wrong. <laughs> and it wasn't in the corner of the wall. So was did they stage it? So there was just a cameraman, like, straddling <laughs> them in bed. The treats for cameramen, Glastonbury and filming people in their beds. The only thing it could have been show. is a, some kind of specially made bracket yeah, that basically they put the up. Bed. But they went, make sure they're in definitely the lower half of the picture and then the top half will just be the, the headboard and wall. It will look crap. Because it was Have so got low down. <laughs> it was weird. It was so weird. And then there's this old couple learning lines for an amateur production yeah. and just having a real argument. Can you read for me? I'm reading. No, the wrong book. <laughs> I need help. They'll be taking to the stage in a new play and Carolyn is determined to get it right. Page 47. Mother Superior? Uh, yes, Father? 
I trust you're feeling better. Fully revived, Father. He was being really mean to her. He was like, you have to learn the lines. She's like, yeah, I know. That's why I'm asking you to test me. She really... And then they were gardening yeah. and learning she, lines. She really pointedly mentioned that she, he was her fourth husband. Yeah. <laughs> We've been married for hmm, 17 years. And he's my fourth husband. Don't think for a second I will not fucking bin you off. Because <laughs> I have done it before and I will do it again. Well, last time I, I saw this, the film that, where they did this, I, I said it was a bit like Human Remains, you know, yeah. the, the, the sitcom. And it sounds exactly, again, the same format of just cu- bickering couples. Yeah. There was just, a, uh, the first couple were uh, a couple who the wife wanted to watch Nigerian sort of Nollywood films and the husband sort of bed. went, oh, I don't Is that, is I don't that what to, Nigerian um, films are called? Nollywood. I didn't yeah. know that. I, I mean, think, Bollywood, yeah. I yeah. didn't know there was a Nollywood. There is a Nollywood. And wow. she wanted massive, to watch that. And he was, like, he was like, I'd prefer it if we could just talk. And it cut back to him going, I mean, I'd prefer it when we're in bed if we could just talk. And then it cut back to her on her phone ordering a dress. And, <laughs> uh, and that was it. They're and like, that, was that, is fucking, that is exactly what we wanted from that feature. Fucking yeah. brilliant. Wow. And she really was good. like leaning away from him, looking at dresses. And he's like leaning over her shoulder, like trying to get involved. It was just really weird. <laughs> Sometimes I like to watch movies, especially in Nollywood in bed it helps me to unwind but soon they can't stand that i'm not i'm not interested in either tv so let's turn the tv off i'd rather have conversations 132 what are you looking for um outfits for saturday what's that 400 and what 480 pounds so they're not cheap but they're nice and then and then at the end of it, when they cut back to whoever it was, it Matt, he th- they then told us like how they'd got on with their lives. So that that woman did yeah. wear a dress and it was eighty pounds, <laughs> and they showed us a picture of her in the dress. Well, you'll be glad to know the funky got the dress. It was eighty quid. She wore it to her friend's wedding. It looked fabulous. There she is. Carolyn did marvellous in the play. Husband said it went brilliant mm-hmm. and she stole the show. And the, the, the couple who were learning Spanish to move to Spain. Never they were moved like, to no, Spain. No, they haven't gone. I mean, I mean, the pound is about to crash through the fucking floor. If you wanted to move to Spain, you needed to do it a year ago. Bad luck, everyone. It, it was so bad. And it's obviously been sitting on the shelf because we've seen the first part of yeah, that. Yeah. There was no reason for that to go out Absolutely at all. Absolutely. Like, I all. got nothing no. from you, you it. You learnt nothing. And actually, it made you stupider watching it. The other film this week that you learned nothing from that was utterly pointless and off the shelf was the filler words. Did you see oh, filler words? With Kirsten O'Brien. Yeah. Mm. Kirsten O'Brien in Birmingham? Yes. Was she somewhere? I think it was. Um, a survey had been done whereby people were saying the word like a lot. Like they do. That's the correct mm. usage. On Love Island. Like on Love Island, like. And I just feel like someone's picked a young people programme. Yeah. <laughs> gone, yeah. it's all Love Island's fault. <laughs> yeah. So they went around the town asking questions of people and every time they said like... Or... Um. Yeah, or just... Or, or sort of went, hey... They go ding, yeah, ding a bell. Yeah, I suppose ding. they get Dara O'Brien on to just keep having a go at him about when he does it. <laughs> I'm in Birmingham for the day. What sort of thing should I do while I'm here? Other places like Chinatown as well, which are quite nice, like to eat there and just, just like look around. Um, there's the um, the library. Um, I got a maid who lives here, so it's the start of our trip. And um, I popped in. We've had a good weekend. But I say, um, you know, because it's, it's the thinking time, isn't it? It's just natural yeah. language. They, they were having Kirsten O'Brien was asking strangers questions with a TV camera, and she'd sort of 
presumably be asking, where's the castle? And they'd go, um, I think it's, uh, if you, and she was like, you ummed a nerd a lot. Of course I fucking did. Strangers <laughs> asking me a thing. There's a TV camera there. I don't know where the fucking castle is. Uh, uh, shove it up your ass. Um, okay. You happy? Uh, it was just strange. And they had a, the, the government, um, uh, the school standards minister. You just said, um. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you, you know where I stand on people saying, oh, no, I've made it abundantly clear. Um, the school standards minister, Nick Gibb, I had never heard of him. This is going to be his one television appearance in his life. But he was saying filler words like like are a sign of a lack of confidence. Well, those filler words that uh, children are using, such as like, are a sign of a lack of confidence. And what we're trying to do as a government is to improve children's confidence in reading and speaking so that they know how a sentence should be constructed. And then that gives those children the confidence to speak to adults. And in later life, of course, they'll have the confidence then to be able to take part in a formal interview. Hey, have you met confident people? They are fucking disgusting, right? <laughs> I don't have a problem. But this sense of he was saying kids need to learn to speak so they'll be able to speak to adults and they'll be able to do formal interviews. I mean, Jesus Christ. If you don't get a job because you say like or um too many times, that like the people interviewing like <laughs> the people interviewing you need to sort their shit out. Totally. It makes you it also makes you properly go, oh god, I better not say um and er. And that is not important. Your character is not defined yeah. by the fact you might say um or er or think before you speak. That's what he's basically saying is be, don't think before you speak. Be like our great leaders. Be like Boris Johnson. Just say any old shit, but just just don't hesitate. I think this might have been a veiled attack on us. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd, they'd made this film just because they listened to this yeah. and, and we, because we're human beings, say, mm, because, you know, we haven't got a script. Uh, and let me make it clear, shit. John. This is a tremendously bad thing for you to admit because when I do the edit I go through and I take out every um and uh and vocal, st vocal stumble this takes me a day <laughs> obviously your ones are going out you're just leaving all that shit in you're I making take, us look bad I take the ums from me and I put them in front of your words <laughs> <laughs> but even, nice even Matt and Angela agreed that this was a, it came back to them in the yep. studio and they just sort of went well I and then moved on. They obviously didn't think it was any there was any point to it. Yeah, I, but, but I think Sam's also. You're right. You mentioned about Love Island, and it's that just that thing of basically going, aren't young people awful? You know, what can we say about young people to sort of go, aren't young people stupid? And this is for old people to go, yes, young people don't speak well anymore. <laughs> you know, shove it up your asses. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Pete Ellison. This is Dave Cribb. Hello, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends, as you might have guessed from the music that's playing underneath, uh, which is a sort of lo-fi rendition of the Friends theme tune for rights reasons. We get a different guest on every week on our podcast to talk about their favourite episode of Friends. And we look through it in excruciating detail. We pick through levels of plots like no one has ever done before. So if you like Friends or just listening to people talking, which are both valid activities, do look us up on the old podcast app than that. Friends with friends and we're on Twitter at FriendsWF. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Matt Allwright was in a, a cardboard tent. Ugh. Did you see that? More, Glaston- More Glastonbury chat. It's made of cardboard, 100% cardboard, 100% recyclable. There's also one made by another company called The Real Brands, okay. and, and that is the same. It means that your tent gets recycled at the end. The only thing is these little plastic washers, they get taken away, they get used again right. and recycled. The rest of it can be used again or turned into a bin. Plastics, you see, problem again. You're absolutely right about this. I bet they're going to go to Glastonbury and it will all be about the rubbish that's left. It will be about the reusable yeah. beer things that are yeah. done and it will be all about the green stuff they're doing it to change really it. It won't really be all about it. It'll be all about them getting pissed and having a great time, but it'll yeah. be under the guise of them. Yeah. Uh, we were very worthy at Worthy Farm. I bet there's a Worthy at Worthy Farm <laughs> reference. Did I mean, you... I'd go. Did you see the new method of explaining plastic? So they were like one disposable tent that's made of plastic. Oh my God. <laughs> that I is... Plastic tents, the yeah. kind of disposable tents we see at festivals. It takes the, the plastic of 8,750 straws to make one of those, OK? <laughs> that is equivalent to 8,550 plastic straws. That's now straws. what we have to measure things in. It's because in. straws goes in turtles' noses and everyone's, like, really upset about the turtles' yeah. noses. So I feel like Whereas... they're like, oh, my God, eight... The disposable tents, the turtles just go in. They, they live in there, it's great. No, but how many straws was it? 8,750. That's, that's 8,750 turtle noses destroyed. <laughs> well, think of it... It's like what cocaine Think of it as being 4,400 or so turtles with both of their oh, noses yeah. jammed that, up. That's I mean, the that's... worst. They can't even breathe through one nostril. You can still do yoga with one nostril. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. I've, seen, I've seen pictures of Daniela Westbrook doing it on, yeah. on the tablet, so that's absolutely true. They, but the, the tents made of cardboard mm. were, and Angela Scanlon rightly said, but what about the weather? Yeah. And they can withstand. The way they tested these, the manufacturers, and they were very keen to point out that there's more than one manufacturer, very BBC yeah. balanced. Yeah. They put it in a car wash and just sat in it. Okay. The makers of this say it should be able to withstand three days of solid rain. And they've demonstrated this by sitting inside one in a car wash, <laughs> which is virtually the same thing, but not quite. I love that. They showed a clip of it, but the clip wasn't long enough for me. I wanted more car wash. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to see the and um, what it would look like at the end. Yeah. But that would be a fun job. 
if you're yeah. the person in the tent. Yeah. I mean, I would say that was both a waste of water and electricity <laughs> doing that. But, but, but hey, but who turtles noises. Who uses a car wash these days? That's the use for something. <laughs> we finally got someone coming. We finally got a paid visitor. Who is it? It's a man who's sitting in a cardboard box for three days. We can't turn him away. We need this. The, um, the 80 quid they cost. Yeah. And nobody at any point just went, God, do you know what these look like? They look like cardboard boxes that you see homeless people in, yeah. hammered together in a shape. But well, it's just cardboard. It's isn't hammered it? by plastic bits, so it they was. were like there are plastic it bits. Was. So you've got yeah, to take those them. out and reuse them. You, I mean, the thing about those disposable plastic tents, and they were saying it costs Glastonbury a million pounds to clear up. Can you imagine how much more expensive it's going to be when they have to start pulling apart these indestructible cardboard tents yeah. to get the little plastic ch- chips out, of yeah. which there are probably 30? <laughs> and also, they're still going to have to gather up the cardboard yeah. because they can't just leave it to degrade right there. No, yeah, the cost is the same because it's clearing up. Yeah. Whatever you're clearing up, you're clearing it up. That's the People point, People just need it? to take their tents take away Take a tent, yeah. Take that, a tent. That should be the rule. Like we've done for literally all but five years of human <laughs> history. Take a tent with you, put tent. it up, pop it back in your bag, yeah. use uh, it next year. Yeah. They should have reusable cups, though, at the festivals. You should just buy one on your way in. And I that think that started. I went to Latitude a few years ago, and that, that was very much, you had one cup. Yeah. But then, I mean, everything you were having out of it was a bit sort of like sticky and horrible. I mean, I'm not saying... No, you're thinking, of, you're, you're thinking of two girls, one cup. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, interestingly, they did replace the girls each time. But... <laughs> the, the, going back to the cardboard tent thing, mm. I think... I, now, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've bought a tent to go to a festival, mm. right? But the tent I have got is one I have had for a very long time. So is a tent not 80 quid? Is it, how much is a tent, just a tent to go to a festival with? I, don't, I, I reckon you could get one easily for 45 quid. And that might be the problem, because if people are saying, oh, just buy that, and, and it's not expensive, so they'll just leave it there and they don't yeah. care. Yeah. That's the issue. If you make them worth taking away again... Then probably that's going to solve. Tax on tents. Tax, Tax on, on tents. tents. That's what I'm going also, for. Also, they're so hard to put up. Like we've invented so many amazing things. Yeah. Like, I know Matt can't use an iPad, but like, <laughs> surely we could invent a tent that is easy to put up and take down. Like instead of inventing cardboard ones with little plastic bits that like. Just invent you, a good tent. You can get those ones that you just essentially flick with your wrist. Yeah, but then there yeah, but you can't. Them. You can do that to put them up. But yeah. Have you ever oh. tried to fold one of those oh, and get it back no. up in a bag? Oh my God, you'll no. die. You will, you, I, I, I don't camp no. at festivals, John. <laughs> I, I'm the sort of person who gets a. a I get a car back to a hotel. Yeah, and rightly. <laughs> and it's a four by four as well. It is. Yeah. And I tell you, of the mud. Uh, uh, the mud at Chiswick House Festival last year. <laughs> I mean, you could see it. Wow. It was that bad. <laughs> I went the last festival festival I went to was on Blackheath in London, which was the most yeah. middle class. You think latitude's middle class. On Blackheath, I am Wasn't it headlined by John Lewis? It was it, <laughs> it was it was sponsored by was John it? Lewis. Amazing. Yes. Wow. Frank Turner was headlining. I think it confused his punk ethic. Uh-huh. But when you went in, it, it, rather than you, you know, you go into a festival, what do you see? You see a falafel van and someone being sick. Yeah. Right? It, what the first thing you saw when you went to On Blackheath was uh, admittedly a, a marquee that was a demonstration of Neff ovens. <laughs> wow. I know. And they, they che- on the way in, I mean, I made the joke at the time, but so they were checking, they checked your bag, they checked your, what bottles, plastic bottles, they checked your grammar. They checked, they, they were, I, it was, but the, but the headliners were Frank Turner and the Levellers. Like, the Levellers. The Levellers. Man, I'm glad to see that, that since that big lottery win that one of the Levellers had, they're still keeping it so real. 
so real. Uh, the, the tent chat, of course, this was their, their second plastic or section of the week. The, there was a bit where Matt Allwright said we shouldn't, part of the problem with the tents is we shouldn't refer to them as disposable festival tents because mm. that encourages people to dispose of them at festivals. So we've just got to change the language around it. Um, and then Angela Scanlon, a minute later, just said, so how are these different to the disposable <laughs> festival tents? Amazing. Joined up thinking. <laughs> well done, everyone. One other thing I noticed that I just saw, which did annoy me, is they were, I think it was on Wednesday when Catherine Ryan was on, they were talking about a new BBC drama called Beecham House. Yes. And everyone was pushing this as being a brilliant sort of thing. And uh, Kulvinder uh, Gear was there, who's the guy from Goodness Gracious Me. Yes. Yeah. And he was saying it's great to be in this because as an is Asian he the not, actor... the not famous one from Goodness Gracious Me? Yes. Yeah. As, okay. as an Asian actor, he's got, I've finally done my first period piece. It's all great. And the clips they showed, there were lots and lots of Indian characters and lots uh, and a few white British characters. Yeah. And... All of the white British characters were clearly the lead roles and everyone else was just there in the background to give it a sense of India. And I looked at that and I thought, oh, that makes me annoyed. Welcome to Delhi, Sahib. It is an honour to meet you. News of my arrival has travelled so quickly. India does grow on you, Mrs Beecher. We will stay here and make a life together. In a garden full of beautiful flowers, I see your eyes have rested on the only English rose. He may not be all that he appears. Why are you holding that child? There has been a tragedy. That yeah. makes me annoyed. It was written by a woman of Indian heritage. Although she then rang Richard Curtis and said, I've got, I've got a series I'd like to make. He said, wonderful, let's do it. Bye. I'm writing that script. <laughs> uh, did you see Rylan interviewing Madonna? No. Well, you know how I feel about Rylan Clark yes. teeth, don't you? You're yeah. the, the last man in Britain who his appeal has not managed to grind no. through. No. I think he's quite good on Radio 2. Oh! But I can't bear his television persona. God, well, that's a little bit of a... You've, there's a bit of gift there. You listen to him on Radio 2. Well, I, I, I mean, not... I don't set an alarm. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's but one I, of my alarms. But I act the Rylan alarm. Um, I am alarmed when I see him because he looks fucking freaky to me. <laughs> we do a lot of segs on this show. Oh. But they got... They, right, let, well, let me tell you how they got into it. So Angela Scanlon, I think, did the intro. She sort of said... Uh, right, now it's time for another collaboration between two artists this time. One is a global megastar, a style icon, and some say a bit of a diva. Mm -hmm. The other is Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> the other is Madonna. Zing. A global superstar. Rylan. <laughs> you could have rephrased that section so the yeah, joke you made gone. sense. Yeah, or just, got, just fucked the joke out of the window. One's got fucking stupid teeth. <laughs> no, he had his teeth redone. They're just very white now. He said his teeth redone. What did he have? Eighty extra ones put in. <laughs> Jesus, he's like a fucking horse. He'll have listened. I mean, the idea that Ryland's listened to this—he's far Ryland. too busy. He's doing good things. He's not going to get into mean-spirited podcast. I think you're fun. But he would have listened to that link and gone, "Oh, that's nice. I'm really sort of like we win him over. It's all wonderful." And then <laughs> as that went on, he's like, "All right, he's all about the teeth now. Now he's now he's actually just, shouting and screaming." He's just so Oh, it, but anyway, the, he had to go and interview, interview Madonna for some reason. Um, and they had an intro where he's walking up the stairs because he's obviously done a junket in a hotel and bits of Madonna videos were playing on the walls as though they were the pictures and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And it, it, it sort of, what I'm saying is it was about Rylan, yeah. right? Now, I, was, I don't think that was Rylan's idea. I think someone's gone, oh, look, he's fun, isn't he, Rylan? He's fun. He's fun. Doesn't he love Madonna, though? I, yeah, probably. <laughs> 
problem. That, but she did not love Ryland, but, and I'm with her. Oh, interesting. Uh, but that will have been the reason, of course, that he did that that one show. He's too big a star to do one show inserts. But they would have said, "Will you go and meet Madonna?" And he's yeah. like, hey, "Yes, right. I yes. will. Yeah, I will. Okay. I will choke down this whole being on the one show thing because I'd like to do that." Well, he, he loves the one show. This surely. morning, he presented this morning. He's the opposition. Oh. He presented it with Eamon Holmes recently. I think it's because they had him on with the Eurovision Song Contest recently, didn't they? On the one show, he did do a live. And, link, and I yeah. think they went, "Oh, he's good." Anyway, so he's talking to Madonna. A new album's out called Madame X or something. And his first question, "Oh, who's Madame X?" Like that. He talks like that. Uh, and and she said, "Are you a Scorpio?" Mm-mm. That was her answer to the question. And he went, "Yeah." She went, "I don't like, don't like Scorpio." <laughs> Madonna, it's so lovely to meet you. It really, really is. What sign are you? Scorpio. He's a Scorpio. Oh my god. <laughs> We're not too bad. That's what a Scorpio always says. I know. You and then they much. sting you. <laughs> <laughs> is that what she's... she's well, but more, more or less. And then, then she started... She said, well, one of your songs on the album, I think you found it, it was so obsequious. It was... Oh, mm. so, yeah, obviously it does. She talked about Joan of Arc and how the, the you know, powerful woman image of Joan of Arc it was inspirational for a song on the album. But she didn't want to play Joan of Arc in the video, so she got a male dancer to do it. Obviously, the song's inspired by Joan of Arc, but it's also inspired by my observations and experiences living in the world today mm. and there's still a lot of persecution and bullying and discrimination and I thought wait you know things haven't really changed that much since the days of Joan of Arc. Uh, so they showed a clip of this and it came off the back of it and it was it was you know shot brilliantly it was sort of this powerful thing going on and all sort of comments about I guess the subtext about gender crossing and all the and power and the shifting of all those phases of power and it came off the back of it and Ryan just went oh you'd have made a lovely Joan of Arc. <laughs> <laughs> he should play Joan of Arc. You'd make a lovely Joan of Arc. Yeah. <laughs> the next sentence, the next sentence out of Madonna's mouth. She didn't answer. She just went the dance because they talked about the dancer, and she went. Um, he was HIV positive. <laughs> <laughs> he should play Joan of Arc. You'd make a lovely Joan of Arc. Yes. Then he told me he was HIV positive. <laughs> and he was like, oh, it was the most heavily edited. I don't know what would be going on, but the editing to make it look like Madonna was engaging with him was yeah. spectacular. In the introduction, it was a two shot, and he was explaining to Madonna how much he did like her. Oh, I think you're fantastic. She was looking. She was just looking at a table the whole time. She was not making eye contact. I, I, I and then that's... it was all single cutaways. And I think loads of his questions mm. were put in after she'd left the room, and they just put that together with her with sections oh, wow. of her answer. I think they had to construct. It's mad though, isn't it? Because I, I, I mean, I, I've I've sat in on interviews like that with people who have been difficult. The film director I once interviewed, Wes Anderson, yeah. who everyone's like, oh, I love him. He, he's horrible. Just really babyish. And in those situations, credit to sort of Ryland, where you sort of just don't sit there and just go, what is your, what is your problem? What is your problem? I'm here to talk about your thing and you're just being difficult. Or just cool. cry if it's yeah. an icon Look, of yours. You're 60. You, you haven't got long. Don't be a dickhead. Just yeah. be nice. It's a weird thing. So, oh, no, I'm still on Ryland's side on this. Good, well done, Ryland. I'm, I'm going to watch the, that in solidarity. On the celebrity side, they do have press junkets that go on for like 12 hours and they've been all over the world and really knackered. I mean, I, I agree that you should just be nice to everyone, but they probably are tired. And it also, it is very hard to interview someone if they're being really difficult. Yeah. So if you can keep smiling throughout it. He can't help smiling, he's got a fucking face full of horse gnashes. Oh God, we're straight back to square one. <laughs> All right, any other business, anything we've missed out that anybody wants to pick up on? Uh, just on our little Twitter, we had a tweet in from uh, Den of Skulls. Uh, thank you for that. He just uh, responded totally. I, had, I didn't, hadn't watched the episode at the time. Yeah. It was just a tweet that said, ball fucking singing again. 
<laughs> you know, we've talked about this. A new development of it, guest introducing on the programme where they go, uh, so one, X, one on the sofa is, uh, and the other one is, uh, please welcome her. And th- they went on Monday, they did the Let It Be song mm. um, with Hamesh Patel, and then they introduced their guests by saying, if they didn't exist, like the Beatles in the film that Richard Curtis stole, train spotting would look like this. And they had a clip of train spotting, then dum 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 running down. Then it just cut to some old men watching some trains. Now it is written and directed by two of the biggest names in the business. And if they didn't exist, well. Train spotting would look like this. So if they didn't, they tried, what it was, they sort of tried to make an effort to do something different, but it didn't really work. It hadn't quite got a handle on it. If they didn't exist, train spotting would look like this. Some train spotters. Yes, we, we, yes. Why train spotting? Danny Boyle. So, oh, Danny so Boyle was there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Danny and then they had something to do with the Vicar of Dibley, which Richard Curtis. Wrote, yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, that makes more sense when I can work out who was on and yeah. who we were I talking about. I should have mentioned it. No, don't. <laughs> I, I, I might have understood it otherwise. <laughs> uh, a couple of things I learned uh, I learned um, that Americans don't use the word plat. Yeah, I didn't know that. No, that came I from was like, uh, we Catherine need to Ryan. delve more into that. Yeah, they let no that go. No one asked any questions. I about thought that. about this for about two hours. I think the Americans say braids. Yes. Yeah, pleased about they that. Do. Uh, and a credit to the woman from uh, the Beanies for Babies film, which was the old people uh, knitting the hats for the premature unit. Please don't send any more hats in. They've got tons. Um, <laughs> she just said a line which I loved, uh, and she was talking about knitting, and she said, "Teenagers aren't interested." But if a celebrity was to say, look at my hand-knitted jumper, it would be cool. <laughs> so any celebrity, yep. please tell everyone I'm happy your to hand-knitted do jumper If one of those women, at. not that I'm, a, I'm like a minus Z-list celebrity, but if, <laughs> if anyone is up for sending me a hand-knitted jumper, I will do that on my Instagram stories. Uh, amazing. Also, there were hilarious introductions to the Catherine Ryan episode because she's on Who Do You Think You Are? Mm. And they tried to do Who Do You Think You Are? introductions but they hadn't really like thought it through. And I feel like Matt thought that people were going to clap or something at the yes, end. Yes, there, there was a big was gap really as well. P- pausey. Angela Scanlon went a little bit faster than the footage was going. So then Matt had to do a long pause <laughs> before he came in with his bit going, our next guest was born in Oxford. And he had to do a wait. And I think he was thinking in that silence going, people at home will think I haven't hit my cue, but my cue is still a long way off. So I am professional and Angela isn't. <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah, because he said, I'm really enjoying doing these to fill time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm loving this. I mean, it's absolutely flying by with you going so fucking fast on your actual also, delivery on it. Watch the pictures. The images. <laughs> Starting with Born in Sarnia, Canada. She emigrated to London in 2009, and a decade later, she's become a worldwide comedy favourite. Up next, born in Oxford in 1989 to teachers. He was one of 14 siblings. He's performed on stage and screen and got caught up in a villainous crime on the Orient Express. I'm quite enjoying this. And finally, born in Nairobi to Indian parents, he moved to Leeds in the 1960s, going on to feature in many British comedies and the groundbreaking sketch show, Goodness Gracious Me. The images that they chose for that bit where they like had three images of the person throughout their lives. Such 
such weird images. Yeah, weren't they? Like, where did they, like, like someone who'd gone Google search for that person and then gone to the bottom of Google search and the most obscure <laughs> images. Yes. Like, the, they had three celebrities, like actors, on TV, so many images to use of them. And yeah. they'd use, like, the grainiest, <laughs> weirdest. <laughs> Catherine Ryan was wearing a flower headpiece, yeah. which is obviously amazing, but, like, not relevant. And, and Tom Bateman, the actor, they had it so that the photo as it came in, it was him in a, a like a Shakespearean drama, but he was clasping a woman and she came in first. So you saw the woman appear before you even saw him. It was so confusing. And then they were just obsessed with how many siblings he had how for like was, the first 10 minutes. How was of the life for you with 14 brothers and sisters? What was it like? Tom Bateman, the actor, has he was one of uh, 14 uh, siblings. And Matt was saying, How many bedrooms did you have at home? And he sort of went, Oh, he said, No, we had different houses because they were um, half brothers and sisters as well. And you could see Matt going, oh, I already put a foot in there. <laughs> I thought that was a, a charming story about 14 brothers and sisters, but actually turns out it's all about broken homes. It's really sad. <laughs> How many bedrooms did you have at all? Oh, no, because so we grew up in different households as well, you know, so we right. just grew up in a two-up, two-down house. Um, half brothers and sisters as well, you I know, see, of course. Yeah. But we all grew up, you know, with each other. So um, by the time you're old enough to know, um, you know... How the birds and the bees work. You know, you're too old, so you're there, your brothers and sisters yeah. by that point. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, the actor was, like, not up for discussing his brother and sisters, like, so <laughs> bored by it because everyone must say it to him. And <laughs> Matt and Angela were just so, like, no, no, we know that there's gold in here. We're going to keep trying yeah. with the 14 brothers and sisters. <laughs> there was a, a final moment with Hamesh Patel, again, this is the, uh, the Richard Curtis episode, where... He was on EastEnders, mm. and, and now he's starring in this film where he plays all the instruments and he's been singing the songs and all the rest of it. And, and Matt said, uh, Hamesh, no one knew you had a musical bone in your body. And I thought, it's got to be, what, what, what's it like? What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it like? And, no, and you could see it in his head, he's got, no, I've heard that fucking podcast. And he just said, where did all that come from? <laughs> and Hamesh, for those that may have seen you in EastEnders, they wouldn't know that you kind of had a musical born in your body. So where did all of that come from then? <laughs> Dunno. <laughs> the master of the loophole. Musical bone in your body sounds like a penis that plays a song. And where's uh, where, where's <laughs> Magic Mike on? At the Hippodrome Casino there with music. Go. And bones. <laughs> <laughs> and froggy position. That's it. We'll be back next week. Please do rate, review and tell your friends about this podcast. Also, as I keep repeating, we are doing this live in the autumn. Where would they find ticket information, Mark? Have a look at kingsplace.co.uk. We're on on one of the days in <laughs> September. I wish, I wish I'd written some of this down. That. wish I'd written it down. The only thing I can remember about it is it's 9.50 plus booking yeah. fee. That sounds a lot. No, no, no. It's, it's absolutely... It's, uh, no, very, very... Let's, let's go and rate these. I got, a, I got a message on someone from Twitter this week who went to have a look to get tickets or something, mm. and they said, um, you do know that your show is exactly on at the same time as the enormously popular and multi-award winning George the Poet. Oh, we can't have any crossover with George the Poet, surely. I've got a lot of poems about Grenfell. <laughs> <laughs> you say and I both. will be performing them. I have, a, I have a sick feeling that these are going to be limericks, John. <laughs> they will shut down King's Cross. They will shut it down. Remember this and remember it well. When you look at the television to look at The One Show, The One Show also looks back into you. Goodbye. <laughs>
and welcome to Rule of Three, a podcast about comedy. I'm Joel Morris. I'm Jason Hazley. And as usual, we're joined by someone who makes comedy to talk about something funny that they love. Martin's voice really jumped up Just onto emerged. my back <laughs> and sneaked round to the side of my neck and went down my throat and then came out again. And suddenly, there he was. I think I'm the only scaffolder or ex-scaffolder to have been on a BAFTA type stage. There's more money in faces. There's more money in faces, but there's no control. That's what I like. I you like can't control, control the face. I can't control where I put my face. And Rory sort of pitched to James, can the can flute be the last word? Because I think that's the funniest mm. word to end on. And James went, I know it is, and that's why I don't want it to be at the end. <laughs> But there's this idea that there's a limited amount of space for funny. It's like when men think they have to go out with someone who's not funny. As if, like, but if she's funny, what'll I do? You're like, you'll both laugh! You will both have a laugh! Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.